0: When God gave me that, I had to go back and read it and get myself refreshed on the story of Esther. But Esther was a young woman, and uh, she was uh, an orphan. Her mother and dad were dead, and she was being raised by her cousin, Mordecai, not uncle. I've heard it said uncle more, but if you read the scriptures, it's her cousin. She was uh, uh, Her father was Mordecai's uncle. And she was being, so, so, my, so she was being raised by her cousin, Mordecai. He, the Bible says he was raising her as his own daughter. And so, uh, and, and to back up a little bit, there was a king in the land that she lived in, King Ahasuerus. He was king over a large, large, large uh, kingdom, in fact, 127 states. And so um, he uh, was throwing a huge party and a, a banquet, a party, a celebration went on for more than one day. And he was entertaining guests from out of, st- out of the, his kingdom, from out of other countries. And he was wanting to display his wealth, his glory, his wisdom, and he was throwing out, the Bible talks about how, uh, the banquet hall was decorated, gives description of it. The, the, the utensils they used on the table were of solid gold. He was putting on a show, uh, to demonstrate how wise he was, just like we do. I mean, we don't get out the paper plates when the, when they come for a State Department dinner and President Bush is hosting a dinner. We get out the stuff. I've watched on TV what they put on the tables. We don't get the paper plates, the chinette out, do we? No, we put on the best. We get out the presidential china, and we get out we get out the the finest, and they no, no expenses spared on flowers and so forth. And uh, not only that, but one of the things that shows that you're a wise man is if you find a good wife. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs: "He that findeth his wife, a wise man findeth a wife. A good he's wise if he has a good wife, a beautiful wife." And so. Uh, and the Bible says that a, that a man's uh, glory is his wife. And so uh, King Hazarus wanted to show that he was not only wise in things of uh, the of government, but he wanted to show his wisdom. And he wanted his wife to show up at the party. And for some reason, whether she was just being uh, having a bad day or she wasn't a very smart woman, she had not shown up for his banquet. And so he called for her to come. Uh, she was a very beautiful queen, Queen Vashti, and uh, uh, he called for her to come. And he told her to come and wear your royal crown. He wanted to, 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 to show her off and show how smart he was. And, and that was not a bad thing. And so she, uh, she refused to come for some reason. Not smart. Not smart. Hallelujah. She refused to come. And he demoted her because it's an in, it was an insult to him. So he took her crown away, demoted her as queen. I guess she's blessed he didn't take her head off. But uh, he just put her away. She was just put away somewhere and no longer was she the queen. And after his anger subsided, the Bible says he was lonely though. He he missed he missed that that beautiful queen and so his counselors suggested to him that they have a beauty pageant like a Miss America pageant and he they suggested that they go to all 127 of his states and provinces and that they get the most beautiful woman from each of those most beautiful young woman from each of those provinces and that he pick a queen uh, from them and he thought that was a good idea and so for one year they picked these girls and they for one year they prepared these girls and Esther was one of the girls that Mordecai her cousin got her picked and so he she and she was very beautiful but you've got to understand they for one year they soaked these girls in lotion now ladies we've given you body butter today and that should uh that should help with this, this Queen Esther thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, uh, anyway, they, so for six months, they, they lotioned and, and oils and all these kind of things. And then for six months, they perfumed her, the they odors, it says, and, and everything. And you, I, thought, I thought about that, and I thought, you know, it which wouldn't take me six, a year to get ready. But uh, the Lord reminded me that these girls were not royalty, that these girls came from the states, and the provinces, and these girls were, they'd been working in the fields. They'd been hauling water and buckets from the well. And they had rough, calloused hands and rough, calloused feet, as women who do hard labor have. And uh, you can't go into the king's chamber with old rough, rusty heels and and rough, rusty hands. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They had to get the calluses off. And so it took six, and you know, it takes a long time to get all that, to to soften that skin and peel it off and, you know, all of that stuff, you know. So it took them six months to to get that off and then six more months of, of beauty treatments and cosmetics and all those things. And so after a year, it was Esther's turn to go into the king, and here's the way it worked is each one of those girls got a chance to go in with the king, and if, if he really found favor with you, he would call for you again by name if he wanted you to come ever come back and a, a bunch of them I'm sure never came back but anyway so they and they another thing they allowed uh, was on the day you were going to go in with the king you could have anything you wanted you could have any dress you wanted any jewelry you wanted if you wanted any kind of special perfume any kind of special cosmetics you could request anything extra that you wanted that day uh to go in but uh, esther she just declined she just whatever they had already prepared for her that was fine she took no extra stuff and she went in uh to be with the king and i'm telling you she was beautiful but it was more than that the anointing of god was on her and when the anointing of god on a woman hits a man he's gone and this king was gone, and he put a crown on her head that day. Hallelujah! She was Queen Esther from that day forward. And so, uh, to make not to keep this drawn out or anything, uh, after she became the queen, um, <coughs> the a um, evil ruler named Haman had passed this decree that all the Jews, of which Esther was a Jew, were going to be exterminated or killed. Haman was the Hitler of that day. They were all going to be exterminated. They were all going to be killed. And so um, (coughs) Mordecai, her cousin, sends a message to the palace, to Esther, and says, you need to go into the king and do something about this. She sends a message back to him and says, you don't just walk in to see the king without being invited, or if because if you do and he doesn't extend his scepter, you get your head cut off. And I haven't been asked to speak, come in to see the king in 30 days. And he sends a message back to her and says, don't pride yourself. I think the Amplified says it that way. Don't pride yourself that if you don't do something that just because you're the queen, you and your family will survive because you will die. The queen, being the queen won't save you. And besides all that, um. Uh, uh, you were called to the kingdom for such a time as this. In other words, the only reason you're queen, dear sister Esther, is you're there for God's purposes. And for such a time as this. And so Queen Esther called for a fast. She asked all the Jews in the nation to fast for three days. She said, me and my maids will fast also for three days. And after three days, she goes in to see the king uncalled. And he's happy to see her. Hallelujah. Thank God for the anointing. And uh, he extends his scepter to her and she touches the scepter. He asks her, well, what wilt thou, Queen Esther? What would you like? In other words, and she says, well, come to my chambers for dinner tonight. And so... And bring Haman with you. And so he does, he comes, and when he gets to her chambers that night, he asks her again what he knows she wants some you know? And so he says, what, what wilt thou? What do you want, Queen Esther? And she says, uh, she says, well, come again tomorrow night for dinner and bring Haman with you. And so he comes again the next night and he asks her what she wants again the next night. And she tells him there's been an evil plot by this wicked man, Haman, and I'm making this a long story short, but there's been an evil plot to exterminate all my people, to kill all my people, the Jews and uh And so, long story short, and there's a lot of details, and you can read the book of Esther to find out, but um, the king says, go hang Haman on the gallows that he prepared for her cousin Mordecai. Haman is killed. Esther is exalted, and Mordecai actually takes Haman's place as second-in-command behind the king. So that's the story of Esther in a nutshell. This morning, I want to give you some similarities between us and Esther. these are things the Lord gave me yesterday. Uh, Number one was Esther was adopted. And Galatians 4, verse 4 through 7 talks about how we've been adopted. The Bible says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You've been adopted, just like Esther was adopted. Number two. Just like Esther was purified for a year, you've been purified. In First John 3, 3, it says, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So just like Esther had to be purified, we too have been purified by the blood of Jesus. Amen, amen. Number three, <coughs> Esther was anointed with natural oil. In fact, in chapter 2, verse 12, it says six months with oil of myrrh. In 1 John two twenty seven talks about our anointing. We also have been anointed. It says, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth and is no lie. Even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. So he says, but ye have received an anointing. We have an anointing. Say, I have received, I have received. An, anointing. an anointing. Number four, Esther was not dependent on natural things. Remember when I told you they said, when you go in to see the king, you can have, you know, anything you want to wear, any kind of perfume you want, any kind of cosmetics you want, any kind of jewelry you want. And she said, no, that'll be okay. She just went in uh, with what they had already prepared her with. She didn't depend on natural things, and Philippians three three says we are to put no confidence in the flesh. We're not to depend on what we have naturally, whether it be good looks, whether it be even uh, the like cosmetics, jewelry, clothes. We're not to depend on those things. We're not to depend on the arm of the flesh. Philippians three three. Put no confidence in our flesh. Number five. Esther had great favor with the king. Great favor with the king. In fact, Esther 2.17 says this, And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. In Proverbs 8:35 it says, "For whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord." So just like Queen Esther had favor, you have favor you have favor with a higher king. You have favor with the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. You've been given favor. Uh, number six, Esther was wise. You know, she knew when to speak? And she knew how to conduct herself around royalty. Amen. She was wise. First Corinthians 1.30 said, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Just like Esther was wise, you have wisdom has been put inside of you. The wisdom of Almighty God. When you got born again, you received the wisdom of God. And you have it now. It's in you. So we are wise. Say, I am wise. wise. Hallelujah. I like to say. Y'all heard that old saying. I like to go around. I go around saying, I'm healthy, wealthy, and wise. Can y'all do y'all believe that? That's what the Bible says. I'm healthy, wealthy, and wise. Hallelujah. So say that with me. I'm healthy, wealthy, and wise. Amen. Uh, And and then in Esther four, if you'll turn there with me. This is probably the most famous scripture in Esther. Esther 4, verse 14. It says, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement or deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Another comparison between us and Esther is that we too live in a very special time. Esther lived in a very special time, a very critical time. And we too live in a very special time. And we are especially chosen to live in this time. Did you ever wonder why you weren't born in the 1400s or the 1200s or the 1600s? Because you were specially chosen to live in this time. Every one of us has a destiny. Every one of us has an assignment. In Acts 17.26 it says, He has determined our time and the boundaries of our habitation. He not only determines your time, He determined the time you would live in. He determined where you would live, the boundaries of your habitation. There's a, there's a certain sphere that you're supposed to be in. Hallelujah. There's a boundary, and He's determined that. We're called to be where we're at, and we live in a very special time. Amen. And we have a divine destiny and we don't get to choose what we do. We don't get to choose our destiny. He chooses it for us. Just like I didn't choose to be white and you didn't choose to be white. You didn't choose to be black or or you didn't choose to be a of the race if you're Chinese or Japanese or, or whatever race that you might be. Mexican, uh, uh, Spanish, uh, whatever race. You didn't choose it. You didn't choose that. And you didn't, and you didn't, you don't get to choose your destiny either. He chooses it for us. That thing that God has called us to do. And sometimes, hallelujah, we may spend an entire lifetime preparing for one great thing. That God has called us to do. So if you haven't found your destiny yet, if you haven't accomplished anything yet, don't worry, You, you, if you keep pursuing God, if you keep seeking God, you will. The only people that won't are the people that back up, go back, quit, and don't go forward with God. You will find and you will do something great for God before you're gone. If you keep pursuing Him and keep going forward. We live in a special time just like Esther did. Number eight, we, like Esther, have a very evil enemy. Esther had an evil enemy named Haman. There is no doubt that Haman is a type of Satan. He was seeking to destroy God's people. That's exactly what Satan does, seeking to destroy God's people. Here's the thing about Haman, and this is the same thing about Satan. Our enemy is not smart enough nor powerful enough for our God. Our enemy is not smart enough nor powerful enough for our God. Hallelujah. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? In other words, if God be for us, what does it matter who's against us? If God be for us, it doesn't matter. Hallelujah! The devil's just not smart enough to take you out, cause God's on your side. Hallelujah! Somebody said it to me this way, cause I was at one time kind of fighting a fear of dying. He said the, the, they said it to me this way: said if the devil could have killed you, he'd already done it. Amen. If the devil could kill you, he had already done it. Hallelujah! You walk with God. Hallelujah! Cause he's smart. Number nine. Esther 4.14 again, same verse. This is the most important verse in the whole book of Esther. It says, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace, in other words, if you won't go do this job at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. What he was saying is, God's going to get this job done with or without you. You know, this thing that God's doing in the earth, the glory and the harvest and all that's going on in the earth, and it's so much more than we even are aware of. And I'm trying to be aware of everything I can. I mean, I'm reading, I'm listening, I'm I'm trying, I'm praying, because I'm trying to be aware of what God's doing in the earth. And I know that we just, we don't know enough. Sometimes we're just so locked in to living life and we, but I will tell you folks that if you think that life is just like it was when your parents raised you, you're wrong. You don't know what's going on in the earth. And if you think that life's just about raising kids and going to Little League and, and uh, going to the grocery store, if you think that's what life's about in these days, you're missing it. There are so many things happening in the earth. The evil plots of the devil are moving forward and and the the prophecies of God are, are being accomplished. And sometimes we live in this little sheltered place in a little county in Alabama. And if we don't determinately make ourselves aware of what's going on in the earth, we could get... Kind of rock to sleep that, oh, everything's okay. And we could just be, you know, I don't, I know most people are so busy. They don't even have time to listen to the news. And if they do listen to the news, they're more concentrating on who got murdered in Birmingham last week or Suscaloosa than they are world affairs and what's happening in the world. And the fact that Iran now, as of April 2006, has nuclear capabilities. And that there's evil plots now, to uh, terrorist plots, in the United States that they know about. These are known about. And we could just get rocked to sleep. Because some, t- some of it's that they don't want us to know too much. So we have to dig to find these things. And we have to listen to the Holy Ghost to know these things cause we live in a very 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 volatile and tedious time and it's not life as usual you better be listening to the holy ghost he wants to prepare you for what's ahead and don't don't kid yourself there's much ahead much good for the body of christ but much terrorism much evil in the world there's much ahead that we will, not, we will deal with and we will face. But praise God, we serve a, a God that the devil's no match for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you another thing. We must be prayers because some of what's keeping this, these things from busting loose already are the prayers of the saints because it's not time yet. It's not time yet. And the devil's trying to get out ahead faster than God is ready. These things are gonna happen. The Bible talks about a huge war called Armageddon. The Bible says that God is going to take a hold of Russia and draw them into Israel. He's gonna bring them down. God's gonna draw them down there so He can destroy them. God Loves people. Don't ever confuse that. God loves the people of Russia. But there are evil nations that are being judged even as we speak. And we have to be one of those that's not. We have to pray. God will get the job done without you. This is just like us. But He wants to do it with you. He wants to do it with you. But He'll get it done. He'll get it done. He may have to anoint a little child, but He'll get it done. Number 10, Esther 4.14. Now, you say, well, if he'll get it done without me, I think I'll just pass. Well, that won't work. Look at this. He says, uh, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. It, just like Esther, and this is number 10, It is in your best interest and your family's best interest to do the will of God. It is in your best interest to do what you're destined to do. It's in your family's best interest for you to be in the will of God and be obedient to God and to do what He has called you to do. I want to tell you something, and I could say that this is women this morning. We're talking about Ladies' Day. Only a foolish woman turns God down. I guess I could say only a foolish man, but like I said, we're talking about ladies today. So I'm staying off the men's toes as much as possible. But only a foolish woman turns God down for what He's called her to do. Number 11, just like Esther. Esther petitioned the king. This reminds me of the favor that we have in prayer. We have favor in prayer. I want you to look in Esther 8.8. And this is King Ahasuerus talking to Esther. And this is after the king had given uh, the decree that Haman is to be hanged and all of that. It says, uh, Write ye also for the Jews as it liketh you in the king's name, and seal it with the king's ring for the writing which is written in the king's name. He told her, he said, Ask what you want, do what you want. Say what you want and do it in my name. And that reminds me of our favor and prayer because we too get to, 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 to speak in Jesus' name. And after the Jews' enemies were destroyed, King Ahasuerus came to Esther and he said, he told her another thing. He said, ask me for something else. She, he had already granted her this great request and he came back to her and he said, ask me for something else that I can do for your nation. God wants us to ask for others. He, God's coming to you in your prayer time and he said, ask me, ask me, ask me. Why? Because like John Wesley said, John Wesley said, it seems that God can do nothing in the earth unless somebody asks. God wants you to ask for your children. God wants you to ask for your church. God wants you to ask for Tuscaloosa County and Alabama and the world. And one thing God's been working in me in the last uh, two or three months is He's been giving me a broader perspective in my prayer. And I've been getting out there broader in bigger places instead of just Word of Life Church and just Tuscaloosa County. I've been getting out. We can get, we can get bigger in our prayers, and we can ask Him for things for our nation. And King Hazra said, Ask me for something else. I think God delights to come to us and say, Ask me for something else. Amen. Amen. Ask me for something else that I can do for you. And that reminds me how that we are co laborers with God. We're co-laborers with him. Number 12, Esther was a blessing to her generation. Esther was a blessing to her generation. In Acts 8, verse 16, the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. Because of Esther and her doing what she was called to do, she had the the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. The amplified says they had new hope. They had new hope. And verse 17 tells us that many people were converted to Judaism because of this. Many were converted to Judaism. This reminds me of us. That because we're, everywhere you go to the, to the beauty shop, to the, to the grocery store, you are a light and you should be bringing gladness and joy and honor. The people should say, when they leave, I'm so refreshed. I feel so much better when they leave. New hope should spring up because you've been there. That's, how, that's who we are. That's who we are. Like Melissa said, that's our DNA, is hope. It's in us. God's not up in heaven saying, boy, this, you know, and to hear some preachers preach, you'd think, oh, it's bad, it's horrible. Oh, you know, things are bad. But that's, God's a God of hope. And yes, it is dark for the world. It's dark for the world, but it's light for us. The Bible says that for the church, that the light gets brighter and brighter. It actually gets brighter and brighter and narrower and narrower and more powerful and more powerful. Because the more narrow light gets, the more narrow the way. The Bible says the way way into life is narrow. The more narrow it is, the powerful it is. Light. The more light, the light. The more the narrower light is, the more powerful it is, like a laser. And so as things get narrower, Hallelujah! We're just getting more powerful, Hallelujah! More bright, Hallelujah! Many were converted. That's the time we live in, when many will be converted. Many will be converted. God, Jesus is on a timeline. Jesus is coming back soon. He's not satisfied with the statistics. God's going to pour out His glory. Hallelujah. Because He wants to bring people in. He doesn't want anybody to miss the rapture. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to minister to the women here in a minute and the instructions of the Holy Spirit. But first, I have to tell you that I've had two dreams. Now, Acts says that your old men dream dreams, your young men see visions. So I would like to remind you that last week I had a vision. So I don't, so I would say I'm in transition. Hallelujah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not, I'm still young. Hallelujah. But I'm, I want to be old in the things of wisdom in experience and and understanding so I had two dreams Night before last I had a dream and I did not know in fact I didn't like the dream at all and because and, I, I just thought it was something kind of a weird dream and I was like I don't like that and I don't know about you, but do you ever wake up from a dream and you want to finish it because you want it to turn out right? And so I'm trying to get this dream to go a different way, you know. So I'm letting there, laying there in the bed thinking out scenarios of, yeah, but I'll just do this and it'll work out, you know. Because uh, I don't like my dreams to end in a negative way. But I was after I was praying a while, I realized that the Lord was speaking to me through this dream. And not only that, I realized he was speaking to me. All of us in this church, and I realized also he is speaking to one person specifically in this church, and I'm going to show tell you my dream. But in my dream, and it really was a dream because we were uh, walking and uh, a track, kind of like a track, you know, exercise. And Pastor was ahead of me, and he was running, and also Brother Fethkener was running ahead of him. If y'all remember Brother Fetkenner, the missionary from uh, Thailand. Hallelujah. Well, let's take those off so we won't be lopsided. And anyway, um, so in the dream... We uh, were walking and we were kind of going around in a circle, and Pastor passes me and he's ahead of me because he's kind of jogging, and uh, Pastor, Brother Fethicker's running, Pastor was jogging, and I was walking. And so, and we go through kind of a covered tunnel thing, and it's just, you know, fine. It's just going through this tunnel thing. And then I see Pastor up ahead, he gets to a place in the tunnel where he kind of has to get down like this to get through. I, you, if you knew me, you'd know I do not like that. And so when I got to that place, I went, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to go back. And so I turned around in the dream, and I started to go back. And when I did, I began to go down some stairs. And when I went down about four stairs, I realized, I don't remember coming up these stairs. And I went down about eight stairs, and it just got tighter and tighter and darker and darker and danker and danker, and there was just like a dead end And so, and I woke up, and then I was thinking, how am I, and I'm thinking, oh, I need to climb back up backwards because it was actually even too tight to turn around. And I woke up, and I thought, I do not like this dream, so I'm trying to figure out how to get out of that tunnel. And so, as as I was praying that morning, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, that dream was me, and you need to tell them they can't go back. You can't go back. You got to keep going. It may look like you're in a tight spot. It may look like, I don't want to go through that. I don't like this. But when you turn around from the things of God and you go back, it will be, here's what the Holy Ghost said, it will be a downward descent and it will be a dead end. It will, not, it will be dark. It won't be a positive thing. So somebody in here, and all of us just to take it as a warning, but somebody specifically who is contemplating going back, God says, you cannot go back. Well, I thought, okay, I'll tell them about that. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so last night, I had another dream. I'm telling you, somebody needs to hear this today. This is serious, because I have another dream. And I'm driving my car in Oklahoma. And Pastor, he's somewhere, and I am trying to go uh, to a town in Oklahoma and I come to a a kind of a, um, what do they call that? It's like a, I don't know if it was a state park or something, but it's where they had a, uh, you know, you paid to get in, and you saw a, some sort of a historical site or something, and so I'm at that place, and uh, and I'm about to leave this park, and, uh, uh, and I'm going to go on, because I stopped, because it was just on the way, and this lady at the park, I'm asking her for directions to get to this town that's on up the way, and she said, she said, "Well, you're going to have to drive through flood water, but they're letting people drive through it now." And I'm going, "Uh-uh, I am not driving through flood water by myself, even if they are letting people through. This is my dream, I'm thinking I ain't going. I'm going back <laughs> going back again, always trying to go back in my dream. I said, nope, I'm just going to turn around and I'm just going to go back the other way. And when I turned and when I, I went, so I said, okay, I'm making my mind. I'm going back the other way. I'm turning around. I get in the parking lot. I am in utter confusion. I cannot find my car anywhere. I'm looking everywhere for my car. I'm in utter confusion. I wake up. And the Lord said to me again, tell them they can't go back. If they try to go back, they'll get into utter confusion. And I know a principle that I have told other people before. In fact, I told somebody this about six or eight months ago is sometimes the only way out is through. Sometimes the only way out is through, through the flood water, through the narrow place, whatever it is, you cannot go back. So that's a warning to somebody in this room. You cannot go back. And that's also a warning to all of us, folks. It doesn't matter how tough times gets, we just press, we gotta press on through. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable our flesh gets, we just press on through. You cannot go back on the things of faith. Once you know these things, you're accountable for them. You cannot go back on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You cannot go back to that old place where they believe healing passed away or where they believe God sometimes heals, sometimes He don't. You can't go back to all that. And you certainly can't go back to sin. It is going to be a downward descent. It's going to be dark. It's going to be negative. It's not a positive thing. You cannot go back. Amen? Now, that's the dreams, and so I gave you that because I want to be obedient. But now, here's what the Holy Ghost told me to do. He wants me to anoint all the women in the church with the Esther anointing. So I'm going to have all the women come up here, and I'm going to have... Wait just a minute and I'll give you all the instructions. I'm going to have Chris come and I'm going to have her put a, an oil. We are going to really do this. What the Holy Ghost showed me. He, he put oil on your forehead. A little piece of, A little oil. And then I'm going to come behind her and I'm going to speak over you and pray over you. Amen. And we're going to have the Esther anointing. The Lord told me to set you apart for this hour and for this day. He said you have a destiny. He told me to tell you set yourself apart for God. Commit to Him that you're going to do what He's called you to do from now until Jesus comes back. Commit this morning that you're going to do His will. Commit this morning. This is what the Holy Ghost said. Commit this morning that you are going to be women of prayer. If you don't know how to pray, you're going to find a way to learn. The best way to learn is to get with somebody that knows how. That you're going to become a woman of prayer. Whatever it takes, whatever the cost, you're going to become a woman of prayer. Because, see, you're here for such a time as this, and it's, it's, it's actually imperative for you and your family. Just like Esther. If it, it, He said... It's not going to be safe for you or your family if you don't do what God's called you to do. So the ladies, He's calling you today to commit to being a woman of prayer, to commit to obeying Him, doing what He's called you to do, and to stay and hook them and tied to Him and doing it until from now until Jesus comes back. Amen. So you come up here, you're going to receive, the, remember what the Esther anointing is. The Esther anointing is the anointing and power of God to, cause, to, to enable you to do what he's called you to do. So come up and line a cup across the front. Chris is going to, as after you get lined up, she's going to go by. I'm going to come behind her. Hallelujah. And we're going to pray. Can we have a little music? Do you have anything you just pop in? Good, that'll help us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, you know, we've given the ushers a workout this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Just try to make a straight line across the front and all the way across if you can. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. You want to come down, Lisa? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Do you believe you receive that? The Esther anointing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, you never get all God has. He'll have something fresh for us. Hallelujah. You may say, "Well, you know I've been saved a long time. I've been I've been, you know, can I get filled and anointed again?" Yes, more, all the time, more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're living in a special time, the Esther anointing in Jesus' name. Oh, I heard boy, as soon as I put my hand in, I heard promotion. <laughs> Esther anointing in Jesus' name. Oh, te kibra ta go Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The anointing to pray. Hallelujah. Anointing to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, after the service, we'll dismiss, but if y'all would tell, I'd like to anoint the nursery ministers and the children's ministers with the Esther anointing up here just after the service. We'll, We'll dismiss, and then as they're going out, we'll get them, okay? But anyway, let's stand up together. Hallelujah. All of us, you were created for such a time as this. It's no accident. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, G. Let's lift our hands up to heaven. We receive, Lord God, the anointing that we need for these last days. We receive and believe we receive all preparation that we need for all that is ahead in the name of Jesus. We confess and believe that we have the gifts of the Spirit in full operation, that we can minister to our families, that we can defend our families, that we can uh, touch others in the community. In Jesus' name, we thank You, Father. We thank You, Lord God. Let it settle over all the people of this congregation. In Jesus' name. And I thank You, Father, for a fresh anointing for prayer upon all the people of Word of Life Church, a call and an anointing and a a grace on us for prayer in Jesus' name. I speak God's blessing over you. I speak the blood over you. You go in the power of the blood of redemption, deliverance, healing, salvation. holla, forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. And I hope that you enjoyed Ladies' Day. Amen. You may have to wait a long time to get it again. But, but I had fun. You're dismissed.